News Express and WFMD. Good morning, Rise and Shine. Up and Adam. 611, the dynamic duo, ready to go for the second hour of the uh, Morning News Express. Bob Miller, Ryan Hedrick. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You are banned from going to Orioles games, Bob. Yeah, you, <laughs> you really almost are. almost missed it. Every time... You go to a game, they lose. Well, that's not true. Not every time, but uh, almost. <laughs> almost every time. You're they like, lose. over yeah. your last three. Yeah, I will yeah. agree to that. They mm-hmm. look like a midget league team. They looked horrible. They just, they looked, and, and I said this before, and I think I said it to you. They've played a lot of baseball over the last couple of weeks with not a whole lot of days off. Now, maybe all baseball teams do that, but we're in the middle of the summer, and uh, it, it looked like they were tired. They had no, I mean, I just, the, the errors that they had and just the, the play that they had. But, you know, you got to remember, the Tampa's a g- pretty darn good team. Yeah, so And they, they played like it, but they don't have any fans down there. And there's no – they don't get excited nothing. Uh, it's interesting. And um, the traffic around the stadium, but we sat in traffic. It, it was horrible. Uh, we missed the first inning because we just sat – we had a turnoff in like three hundred three blocks, right? And we sat in the same block for like almost 45 minutes. Oh, my. That's how bad traffic was. So the stadium was empty. What's all the traffic from? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe there was they didn't do an attendance, you know, um, that I saw. So, I mean, maybe there's 20,000 people there. So, I mean, I don't know. And and here's the other thing, Ryan. Um. They ha- I had to go to the bathroom, right? When I first got into the stadium, I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom, honey. My wife's like, I got to go to the bathroom, too. So, yeah. right? Okay. You know, and, and so I walk in. There's a women's restroom right there. I'm like, there you go, honey. And I'm like, oh, there's the men's. And I walk up to it. It's a woman's. And so the next one I walk to is a woman's. Right. And the next one I walk to is a woman's. There were th- four women's bathrooms before you got to a men's restroom, which was 110 yards away from where we started. Oh, wow. I'm like, wow. why, why? And I asked, the, I asked the police officer, oh, I thought this was a men's room. He goes, no, there's four women's in a row. <laughs> I'm like, what's up with that? I mean, right. women are going, yay, amen, but come on, at least put one men's in there. Yeah, by the way, attendance uh, yesterday, 19,493, so you were, what, Pretty 507 off? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Spot on. Pretty, pretty spot good, on. Yeah. Sat next to a Yankees fan. Oh man, what? an older Yankees fan, and and so we had an aisle seat. We had pretty good seats. I enjoyed the seats that we had, and this Yankees. <laughs> he was such a nice old man, right? He was an older guy, and he was like, "I'm a recovering alcoholic," and uh, we we learned his whole life story. And he's trying to, he's trying to tell Linda baseball. Right. And Linda's like, I couldn't even tell you who's on the team. <laughs> I'm just here because we wanted to come to a baseball game. Right. And he was like into the nuances and stuff and the pitch counts and the, uh, you know, how long the clock, uh, you know, 20 seconds, 15 so seconds, how long whatever do you it is. Th- the, the game was uh, two hours and 35 minutes, which yeah. is a pretty speedy game. It, so sitting there. Do you realize the adjustments that Major League Baseball has made? Does the pitch clock, are you yes. aware of the pitch clock at all? Yes, yes. Do you see it? Uh-huh. I found it interesting. Um, the pitch clock for the Orioles went all the way down. So you could see it till it went all the way down until they threw the ball. Uh-huh. Now, when the Tampa Rays player 
it was like 10 seconds. Then they turn, kind of turned it off. And I'm like, why did they do that? Now, maybe maybe they just saw the guy was getting ready to pitch his ball, and I didn't realize it. But, no, the pitch clock is one of the best things baseball has ever done. Oh, yeah. And they had a, and then they had a uh, review, mm-hmm. so uh, which was overturned. And uh, to the Orioles' favorite, but by then it didn't really matter. They were already four runs, five runs behind. So. Also, the, when I look at the starting pitchers yesterday, Tyler Wells struggled mightily, but Taj Bradley did not struggle, and it it shows in his numbers. So we're going to recap the game in sports. We also have a big trade. Why does it seem that every time the Washington Wizards are on track, they trade the whole team? They've, yeah, traded, right? <laughs> they've traded two big players in the last uh, 40 We're rebuilding. 48. We're rebuilding. Yeah, We're right. rebuilding. Every year's a rebuild year for the Wizards. It's 616 at WFMD. 930 WFMD Sports Update. All right, we'll start off at uh, Tropicana Field in Tampa yesterday. And really, Randy Rosarena and Isaac Paradis hit back-to-back home runs, and that's really all the Rays needed because Tyler Wells did not have it, and Taj Bradley did have it, and the Rays earned the split with the Orioles 7-2 at Tropicana Field in front of 19,493, including the morning mayor. By the way, Vegas set the over-under total on that game at 8. It was 9. Yeah, Vegas is good. All right, the trade I was alluding to with the Wizards involved the Celtics. Late Wednesday night, the Celtics landing big man Kristaps Porzingis in a three-team deal that also sent former Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies. And the NBA draft is tonight. Another rebuild year for the Washington Wizards. Stop if you've heard that before. 6-17 at WFMD. The Morning News Express at WFMD, 619, Rise and Shine, up and at them. So it looked like Tampa also did a, a really stupid thing yesterday. They should have uh, done this, apparently, and I didn't know it or I would have gone down and said something. Joan Jett was at the game. Oh, yeah, big lib. Big well, lib. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I would have still played I Love Rock and Roll between innings. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, she was there for the the Orioles. I, I think she yeah, sang the she, national anthem multiple times at Camden Yards. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, we didn't make the national anthem. So, did you um, um, did you happen to look on the Facebook page of the Orioles? They had pictures with Joan Jett. Apparently, she came down and took pictures in the clubhouse and and stuff like that. She's a huge, huge Orioles fan. Yeah, I did not. I uh, I wish I, I I wish I would have. I would have. It would have been pretty cool to uh, kind of try to find her in uh, the crowd. I mean, there were a lot of Orioles fans there, and um, I, I think that uh, Tampa is a little spoiled with their sports teams right at the moment. Well, I think they are just a, a little spoiled in general with their weather, with the climate. You know, the working theory on teams that come from out of town to to play like the Rays and the Buccaneers is that it's hard to keep the professional athletes out of the strip clubs there because apparently they have some of the world's greatest strip clubs and anytime a team struggles, the working theory with insiders is that the team was at the strip club 
all night. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Interested. I, I don't see any at around the stadium, and I don't know where they stay. Uh-huh. Um, it's a, it's a kind of a little hard to get down to, uh, what is it, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, wherever they St. Petersburg. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I've never, it's a, it's a kind of a nice little area, but it is kind of hard. It seems like they put all these stadiums right downtown, and uh, I don't know. It was a good time. I, I, can't wait to go back and have them uh, when it's uh, when the Orioles uh, play them again. I had a good time. So it's expensive. Also, the, yeah, they're oh yeah, for sure it's expensive yeah. because these guys are making big money. There was a there was a, a controversy with taxpayer funding in the Tampa area for the right. stadium there, and you know these taxpayers in these cities where these teams are are always going to lose because Buffalo went through it. A couple of weeks ago where they broke ground on the Buffalo Bill Stadium and a lion's share of that funding for the stadium is coming for taxpayers. My mother-in-law lives in the district in Erie County, New York, where they're going to build the stadium. In fact, I think she's less than 10 miles away from the new Bill Stadium in Orchard Park. But anytime a team talks about building a stadium, it's always on the taxpayer's dime. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know that Tampa and St. Pete were arguing over where it should go, uh, who has the better deal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. It was a... it's a you know I I like the fact that that stadium's indoors because it was you know fair it was a nice day yesterday but if you I get those hot raining. summer days well it did rain they had a it had a rain come in as a matter of fact they, the stadium actually announced there's a severe storm coming you can stay in the stadium. If you leave, it's at your own personal risk. Oh, wow. Stay in the stadium, wow. and we'll, we'll just keep it open until the storm passes. Yeah, that's nice um, of them. Yeah. So my question is this. If you're only getting 19000 and the team is in the thick of the pennant race, in fact, they appear to be one of the best teams in baseball, at least probably the top three or four teams in baseball this year, why would you build a new stadium if you're not getting any support at the current stadium? Or the other thought process is, is the low attendance symptomatic of just a bad stadium will if you build a better stadium will the tampa bay rays actually fill the new stadium up the only issue that i have with the stadium and i'm an audio guy is that it's hard to hear everything that's going on they they actually do things between the innings you know like the keys would do um with like fans and stuff like that um you know the stadium's not bad i mean i there's a i don't think there's a bad seat in the house it doesn't look like it i think the problem that you have with a team like tampa and you might have with other teams that are in locations that are vacation locations i mean this was the middle of the day it was a 12:10 start maybe that was the cause maybe there's more people that come at nighttime or whatever uh, and the other thing is is that you probably have a lot of transient people who have moved down here and they come and see their favorite team like I had a guy who was a Yankees fan there was a Pittsburgh fan beside us um, there was a lot of Oriole fans there so they don't go to the game unless they're a true fan um, unless their team's in town but you know there's so many other things to do in an area, and are you going to go inside and sit and watch a baseball game? Now, I think that baseball will start to see a resurgence in attendance because would you say the game lasted two hours and 
15, 20 minutes, two whatever it was. 35 minutes. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a breeze through a game. And yeah. that was wonderful. It took us more time to get there than the game <laughs> itself. Right, right. So there's also a controversy as I do a deeper dive on the Tampa Bay Rays because it piques my curiosity about why they're not drawing better. And 19,000 an afternoon game probably draws better than some of the nighttime games. And again, this is the hottest team in baseball, the most talented team in baseball. There's a pitch by former Orlando Magic executive Pat Williams to bring the team to Orlando. And -hmm. they're talking about a $1.7 billion stadium, which would be funded in part by $975 million from tourists. So they're also proposing a $1,000 hotel room near the stadium so they're trying to bring the team to Orlando and I think that's going to be interesting because if the Rays go on and compete for the World Series it's tough to negotiate a team out of a market where they're winning World Series championships right I yeah that's that's a big reason I'm going to come up with a very controversial reason that maybe attendance is down in certain areas in baseball and that is Woke. Pride? No, well, well, that if you look at one of my pictures, there was a there was a uh, you know baseball is for everyone pride thing oh, banner. Geez. But I'm I, so sick of that, Bob. Do you know that I'm so sick of that message? Stop trying to force your sex down our throats at sports stadiums. Right. I think the other thing is is that there's a lot of uh, people in America who can't. Uh, connect with people who are playing baseball today because they're not from this country. Mm, good theory. That's a, I mean, it's hard. It's a good I mean, working theory, Bob. I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, you've got half the baseball uh, players out there that are from the Dominican Republic or other countries, and it's not saying that they can't play baseball and that we don't love them, whatever. It's just that maybe they can't connect to them. Racism. Yes. Yes, I, I I believe that in some cases. All right, you know, Bob. I'm thinking that there's, a, you know, uh, other races that sit there and go, I can't connect to an American. I can't connect to an, uh, a black American. You know, yeah. Wow. 9.30 WFMD, Morning News Express, Bob Miller. Ryan Hedrick. Yeah, so I'm looking on the uh, front page of the FNP. And it's talking about uh, Frederick Pride and connecting the LGBTQ community. The one thing I, I wish is that the media would stop acting like this is so popular amongst American people. I really don't think it's popular amongst American people. In fact, oh, you're looking at the seven because I'm like looking at the paper going, what are you talking about? It's the 72 hour section. Yeah, it's the 72 hour okay. section. So. You know, the photographs indicate that there's a lot of people at this celebration, but I think they're doing that on purpose. Maybe a few hundred people, but most people just want to live their lives, I think, without being told what to do or what to like. And I feel like with this LGBTQ push, Bob, we're getting a lot of lecturing from the other side about what we should like and what's tolerant and what's not tolerant. I am the judge of what I'm going to tolerate, and I am the judge of what I like. You know, if you want to be gay, whatever you want to do behind closed doors is great with me. Here's two things I would say. Don't force your ideas on me, and don't target children 
for your fetishes. Those are the only two qualms I have with that community. Other than that, knock yourself out. Be gay all you want. Dress up as a woman all you want. Parade around in whatever you want. Just don't do those two things, and I think we're cool. Yeah, I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it takes place to, uh, on Saturday, right? The uh, Ferdy Pride event? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you going to be there? Um, no, I will not be there. I've yeah. not been to one of them. Uh, it doesn't make me a homophobe, as, as our buddy Mike will call us eventually. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I, I don't, I won't participate and, in And, that. you know, I think, I, I think judging by some of Mike's text messages, he's one of the least tolerant people that we have encountered on this show. Mm, he can tolerate his own agenda. But he can't tolerate us speaking out against an agenda that we think is anti-American. And in the grand scheme of things, what is all this about? I would argue that it's not not about pushing for equal rights for gay people or queer people. I remember when you couldn't even say queer. I remember when that was a derogatory slang term mm -hmm. that was just looked down upon and, and it was equivalent to what the N-word is now. But now it's accepted vernacular and it's included in the Unless LGBT. you use it. I'm sorry? Unless you use it. Well, I just did. I know, but you used it in a, uh, you know, according to the, I mean, if you were to sit there and say, you know, that was queer, yeah, you right. would get in trouble. Yeah, of course. If I used it in a derogatory way, I, I get it. But I would argue, Bob, that all this stuff is about money. There's a lot of money to be made. The gay community has a lot of people. And in fact, the paper says as much. It says about 200 vendors are expected at the festival selling everything from handmade jewelry to pride-friendly products, as well as local Local representatives from rugby and roller group groups, roller derby groups, seeking members, on-site food and youth area will also be available. So, again, this is all about money. If they can monetize it, they will. And part of what Chris Murray talks about with the ESG dynamic, the environmental, social, and governance, people are getting more funding if they are LGBTQ friendly. Bottom line. Yeah, I mean, and it's um, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, um, these type of events, they've become very popular among people um, to just go and, I guess, have a party. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people love to stroll down the street. And I don't know if we'll see what we've seen in other places. Hopefully not. Hopefully, um, I think a lot, one of the things that some people have said about the Frederick Pride is that uh, they're not over the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Another You're thing not going to see a guy in a, in a leather thong getting spanked in a truck going down Market Street. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, I mean, you might that, see that, that on a Friday night, but uh, <laughs> that is coming. Believe me, that is coming. Two things that people don't talk a lot about with the LGBTQ community is the heavy meth use that happens with the community, and also AIDS. AIDS is very prominent in the gay community, and I think you know we need to be aware of some of the the prominent health risks. And how about the mental instability and the mental illness that it's causing kids when they're looking at men dressed up in leather thongs dancing in front of them? You know, are they more likely to grow up gay or have mixed feelings about their sexuality? I would argue that they probably are. 645.